anytime things get hard, yeah. you want to retreat into your fantasy and do things that are destructive to your spirit, to your soul. It's never going to give you the life that we that we really, really need as God's children. Thank you so much for tapping back into the feminine frequency. I am your host, Oin Consola, aka Sola, and welcome to the show. So for this episode, I interview a friend of mine. Her name is Madison Riley. She is an actress, entertainer, you know, a deep thinker, definitely a deep thinker, someone who I believe has been on the path of pursuing truth. And as she was seeking that truth, rediscovered Jesus. And we kind of rediscovered Jesus around the same time. So our paths are incredibly similar. And I feel like so many of y'all who are tapped into the feminine frequency can really resonate with some of the stories that she's gone through. So let's get into it. This is my interview with Madison Riley. To give you all background with my relationship with Miss Madison Riley, um, Madison and I, we met at a very transitional period in our (laughs) lives. Uh, we were both uh, lost, <laughs> and, but we were on the path of looking for the truth. And I think anyone who is on the path of genuinely looking for the truth, most of us will arrive at the same destination, which is Jesus Christ. But prior to even arriving to that destination, I think we were just trying to look to control our reality, whether that be controlling your mind, controlling energy, controlling this, controlling that. Because so much of your life, when you're lost, everything feels out of your control. Can you bring me back to that time period if you're comfortable with sharing so people can kind of get a deeper insight of where you have been, where you are going, and where you have gone? Um, Take me back to this period in your life where you felt like you were at the pinnacle of the lost princess (laughs) yeah it was just this really vicious cycle of of searching all these things and then coming back to that that low moment and then being you know you pick yourself up and you know then you do it again and then you do it in a different way so um I will have to say (laughs) I've You know, I'm a bit, there's a resiliency there, right? Because once I was down, I would give, I think I would give myself some doubt, a little bit of downtime to kind of dwell. Now, you know, I try not to do that now, but you know, you want to acknowledge what you're actually, what's happening in you. Because if you're not honest with what's going on, then you're just deceiving yourself and no good decisions would come from that, right? Yes. So, um, I think what it comes down to is that I went to into adulthood. Well, I moved to LA at 16, right? With no sense of myself, no identity, not really a great education on how to do many things. I just threw myself out into the world. And um, so that going through Hollywood in that way kind of, getting sucked into having all sorts of vices. And then um, when I decided that I wanted to stop acting and modeling because those industries just felt off, didn't feel like I was not happy. So I don't ever say I quit acting. I just ceased pursuing it the way that I had been for years. Right. I was like, there's nothing more. Which was how? Auditioning. 
you're going and you're you're going into meetings, you're auditioning, you're kind of waiting for people to give you the opportunity. You're walking in rooms, right? Because that was also back when I was acting, when I was beginning, that was how that industry worked. You didn't have your YouTube audience that you created for yourself so that people were reaching out to you. You were at the mercy of the studio heads, the executive heads. Yes. The the chant, you know, the um the networks, NBC, ABC. And then yes. there was pilot season, right? So everybody would go out for pilot season, they wanted a series. So there was that formula that now almost doesn't even it's like done. It's such a thing of the past, you know? Yeah. So I think once I ceased pursuing that, then it was like, oh boy. Now what do I do? Because you know you're you're trying to just get yourself onto a, a good road, and I'm trying to do all of this on my own in my own mind, right? Like yeah. instead of submitting and asking God, where do you need me? Where you know more than I know what I want, so guide yeah. me. I didn't have that at that point, yeah. and um, so you know I tried moving to a foreign country. I tried changing up my cities and um and ultimately then you get kind of more into like the buddhist thing wherever you go there you are doesn't really matter doesn't really matter what city i'm living in my problems are always going to be here and then oh so good that's probably my favorite thing from i've taken from like buddhism and Taoism. It's it's true though we can't you run can. away from our problems. I, I call it he's all, you're always going to get backed up into the holy corner you yeah. know God's gonna get you and it's like however many times you have to loop <laughs> it's like a, a roundabout you know however many times you want to just go around the roundabout is up yeah. kind of up to you I you know I didn't get to my um getting off of the roundabout until 32 and even this last year it's only been a year since I I was saved you know and even since then you know sometimes you backslide a bit and then you have to yeah. so. let's I would love for us to even dive into that because there's so many points that you've touched on that I'm like oh yes I see where the flow of this episode is going glory to God <laughs> glory to God God just be like oh right there right there um well you were talking about one thing you were talking about was a loop and a cycle and I think a lot of young women who are listening to this podcast because I think a lot of the women who listen to this show are under the age of 25 and so that time period, you, you guys may not be able to fully see the cycle that you could be in, but the cycle of what Madison is talking about is a cycle that most women who I, who I say have princess programming, we find ourselves in, no matter if you're acting or if you're at a job that you hate or whatever it may be, it's like a cycle that you are trying to run away from yourself and take control of your reality from a victim perspective. And it just keeps you on this loop of you trying to save yourself over and over and over again, the way that you think is best. And then when we surrender, when we're at the edge of that cycle, we often just kind of surrender from a point of giving up. And I think the way that we find an empowering cycle, when you're at that surrender place, if you're at that point where you feel like you want to give up, that's the place where you want to take a step back and partner with God just to see your life objectively. 
I think a lot of women who are listening to the show, you are emotional beings. I am an emotional person. Madison is an emotional person. We have had many nights of crying together, many nights of feeling the things. But there's power in taking a step back and seeing your life from the objective lens. It's the only place that you actually know how to take your power back from whatever. The constant living your life from your emotions is not the way to go. Yeah. It will, it will, you know, emotions are, are meant to serve us. We're not meant to be a slave to them. You know, yeah. so many of my horrible decisions were because I was emotionally, emotionally thinking. That's it. That, I'm telling you. So that's exactly what I wanted to get into yes. next because that cycle, you know, that cycle that it's, I call it the princess programming cycle. It's usually catapulted from an emotion that we're afraid to look at. You know, or it, it's catapult, catapulted from like a suppressed emotion that got programmed into you at a young age. So from your perspective of you being on that cycle for many, many years, whether it was in the entertainment industry or just life in general, were you have you been able to pinpoint what that feeling mm. is, what that emotion is? And do you mind sharing yes. that with any of the women it, who may because, be listening to this? Oh, my gosh. It's so layered. Where do I even start? <laughs> I think all of the things that contribute to just, you know, the this, this circumstances of your life, right? I'm, I was the youngest child in a family of four with a single mother, right? So I'm not saying like, oh, I was, but you just have to take things at the fact level. Yeah. So yeah. my mom didn't, I did not have my dad in the house. He lived in a different state, right? So my mom took on mother and father role. Because she had to take on those two roles, there wasn't much, she was overwhelmed, right? She could not give certain things that mothers, you know, if you believe in the divine architecture of a family unit and how those things operate, um, she wasn't really able to, you know, be there in a way that maybe each personality needed. And she's aware of that. And it's one of, you know, it's a really sad thing that I think overwhelmed mothers have to deal with. Um, So I kind of had a lot of, I was already a little bit of a solitude person. The the intensity of my house overwhelmed me. And so I would retreat into fantasy world. I would go and kind of retreat. And I had to learn how to like, you know, I had to learn how to, I mean, I didn't even learn. I just like, you know, coped. So it wasn't like I was being taught things. I just kind of was like fitting into what was existing. You were responding to your environment. I was responding to my environment. Yes. Thank you. So um, being a fantasizer was implanted in me very young and then not knowing how to do things. Right. You think of like a little girl, like, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to get myself to school on time at six years old, you know, because I was kind of, I don't know how to do this. So there was this, I don't know how, I don't know how to do this. I just want someone to show me what to do, like literally take my hand and guide me and show me what to do. And there wasn't that there. Now I was, I was safe. I had siblings. I was, you know, never in danger. And so I'm grateful for that, but like, I didn't know what to do. And so that was probably the deepest limiting memory, the deepest belief about myself that I've uncovered is I don't know what to do. I don't even know how to do it. Right. And as I got older, that meant that every avenue, I don't know how to do my taxes. I don't know how to have relationships with professional people, like my managers, my agents. I don't know how to do things sexually. You know, I mean, the fact that we're even thinking about that, you know, 
is so sad that it's like you have to worry about how to do things sexually instead of just letting things organically with you know your person or you know in a good relationship um so this I really 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 internalized that I don't know how to do things I don't know how to do things so you feel inadequate right then there's there's the inadequacy oh yeah that foundation of helplessness it's something that I feel like a lot of young women struggle with because there is this lack of belief that we are good enough to do the things that we actually want to do. Because when you have that as the seed of like helplessness, the way that it gets, like the seed gets even deeper and waters into these, these nasty weeds. It's this world where we're constantly being bombarded with so much information and people who are doing these things and all it does is furthers that belief within us that we can't do those things. All it does is deepen that belief that like, oh, I'm not good enough to do that thing. And years and years over a period of not really ripping out these weeds, all we're doing is living in a limited perspective of ourselves based on something that we probably experienced from childhood. And so do you remember the process of what you went through before you came to that epiphany, that revelation? of like that deep-seated belief system. So, yes, only because I've had to really reflect and try to find that because, so transparency is freedom, right? So I'm just going to put it out there. I have struggled with compulsive, unwanted sexual behaviors since childhood because here's the danger. So when you have all that time when you're young, and you're, you've got a lot of time to fantasize. And then we have culture, yeah. movies, right? So I was on the computer when I was yeah. six or seven. And um, a hardcore porn image appeared on the screen. Very yeah. hardcore. This wasn't like a Tumblr, you know, like a beautiful, sensual Tumblr photo. This was like yeah. hardcore penetration woman. Very shocking and traumatizing for my little mind right yeah that planted something in me that just was so devilish yeah (laughs) that it basically planted a seed and then I would see a sex and then a couple weeks later I saw a sex scene in a movie from Jerry Maguire right yeah from that point on because I would escape into my fantasies and because I got fed things of that nature I got obsessed with that I got obsessed with sex and whatever that was, I was, it was compelling. And, you know, I think of the serpent just kind of like, you know, kind of bringing you in because of how it looks. It looks primal. It looks passionate. It looks like all these things. So that caught hold of my spirit at a very young age, which then was going to be my main source of fantasy retreating up until this last year. So I'm 32 now, right? Yeah. And I am so aware now because of the Lord. Because of grace. I'm so aware of how that had a hold on my spirit. And what that operating in me was driving. With everything, how I thought about things, how I how I interacted with reality, right? Yeah. Anytime I got overwhelmed with anything, I would go to my bed, I would retreat, 
and I would go into my sexual fantasies to try and build a healthy life. Doing that is not possible. Yeah. It is not possible. Anytime hard, you want to retreat into your fantasy and do things that are destructive to your spirit, to your soul. It's never going to give you the life that we, that we really, really need as God's children. Right. And so, so, you know, that relationship with that spirit of lust and kind of being obsessed with sex, which we live in a culture that is obsessed with sex and sexuality. And you've got girls going into sororities and they're having to do things that it's like, it's not time for you to be doing, giving yourself away especially if you're drinking and do, you know, it's, but it's the culture we live in. Yeah. And then you watch sex in the city and you want to be this liberated woman in her twenties, drinking the martini and just having sex with whoever, because you're stimulated. Oh yes. And it's such a lie and it's such a trap. And I think that's where we are at a point where this, I'm so wanting younger, younger. It doesn't just have to be females. It can be younger people. Like, really be thoughtful about what sexuality and intimacy is. Yes. Because there are so many lies out there and they are traps. Yes. And it will hurt. It will hurt your spirit. So, you know, that's not to say that it's like, you're going to hell if you're, you know, I don't have the power to be saying anything like that or, you know, I'm not. But I just, I see how many people are wounded on the soul level from what our culture is coaxing us to do. And I want to turn that ship around. (laughs) I would, yes, let's, let's flow from that, the soul wounds, because that's something that God led me to about three or four months ago. I remember when I first got out out of like the new age thing, anything that had to do with the word soul for a while, just kind of was like, I don't know. It just, I, I just, when I saw that word, I was like, do we even have a soul? You know, just what is the wisdom. soul? But the Lord really has led me through scripture and through different books I've been reading that we do have a soul. And in scripture, it says that our soul is made up of our mind and our will and our emotions. And so one thing I notice about the devil, it's like he's not looking to have your spirit because your spirit belongs to God. He's trying to have your soul, meaning he wants your mind. He wants your emotions so he can have your will, so he can control your choices. So you can Exactly, exactly. Because if, if, if choice yeah. is, is what gives us freedom in life and we don't have a choice because we've given our mind and our emotions to the enemy then we're slaves, even if we've been set free by the blood of Jesus. We, there's, there's still another form of slavery. And I think, exactly, exactly. So when you think about getting mentally free, because you have, you are recently celebrating two years without um, watching pornography, which is like incredible, because it's Praise not just something that men struggle with. I think a lot of women struggle with pornography addiction, but because it's not, it's like taboo to talk about, um, a lot of women are not actually talking about it publicly. So first and foremost, I want to say congratulations about that. But how did you set your mind free from pornography, which is, you know, the devil's play? Oh, it's just the biggest poison. Um, well, it had been something like I always knew that it was icky. Yeah. I didn't ever feel like it was not kind of gross and so strange but because because that overwhelmment 
because my relationship with what, how I felt when I would get overwhelmed. Um, and that was my, my main source that and drinking. Right. So those two things, it's like, what am I going to do to deal with my overwhelm? Am I going to go sit at a bar and drink, or am I going to go in my bed and masturbate? What am I going to do? Which one am I going to choose? Because those two are my greatest escape avenues, right. That don't ever have me deal and overcome and get that stronghold out of myself. Um, so I actually quit porn before I got saved. Wow. So the Lord was always coming after me because he, my conscience was making me, you know, so I attribute the beginning of that because I knew what was that there was something icky about it. And then I learned about just what was going on with child sexual trafficking and slavery and that that industry alone is doing just the most damage in ways that truly break my heart, right? Like children, innocence, beauty, intimacy, just under straight attack. And I looked at everything that was happening with COVID and, you know, people getting censored. And I'm like, but how are porn sites totally available for anybody at all times, multi-billion dollar industry? How is, how is that not being regulated? And, um, that's just how satanic it is that it gets mm-hmm. to run rampant on this earth. So I just took a vow. I, I read a book and it said, um, Pornland, how our sexuality gets hijacked. And when mm-hmm. reading that book, it was like that book. It wasn't a Christian book or a spiritual book. It just laid out the facts of how the porn industry was built and what it was doing. So I think on that fact level, it, it almost like it started to cast this the lust it was like showing the lust for what it was and so I said because I have nieces because I also want to have my own children I can no longer I can no longer give in to a system that is doing the damage like that it's doing because I want a better future right I want my kids in a good future I want my nieces to be growing up healthy so it's like I can't be doing this because then I'm a hypocrite and I cannot be a hypocrite (laughs) I'm like, I cannot, I can, I just, I value honesty. I value not having to hide. I value transparency. That to me is freedom. So that was, that was the initial thing. Um, By the way, y'all, if y'all are listening, that's the queen mindset right there. That's some queen talk to value things like honesty to value honesty. Yeah. I don't value stimulation. You know, I don't value escaping and not looking life's head on in the face. You always know I hear, I want the truth given to me straight. I don't want anything beat around the bush. I want to know the truth, no matter how hard it is to accept, give it to me. The taking responsibility part is something that I've noticed a lot of women who have what I call princess programming that's what they struggle the most with. We're able to bring things into the light, right? Because it's part of the theatrical par- process of being in that princess state. It's like you glamorize your struggles. You're able to bring these things to the light. What, what advice would you give to someone who is very conscious and very aware of how the enemy may have a stronghold on them mentally or emotionally, but are struggling to take responsibility, to take to take the necessary action to actually making that a change in their life. I would just say that you have to really understand that as long as you put off addressing that and accepting it and owning it, you won't be free. Mm. 
So the sooner you face the hard things, the sooner you're liberate. You know, the sooner the freedom yes. will come. Um, and then you just have to start saying no to your flesh. Yeah. And it doesn't get any more because once you have an, an understanding of what's happening spiritually with your actions, that there are spiritual laws in place. And once you realize what those are doing and that anytime you give into a behavior that is a compulsive, uh, you know, a behavior that's not coming from the good part of you, um, the less inclined you'll be to do them. Because you understand the consequences, right? Yeah. You understand that that's, you know, some depressions are, you know, a lot of depressions are demonic oppression because people are engaging. They're dancing with their demons. So you just, there's no secret. You just have to start saying no. And you have Christ with you when it gets really hard. And you cleave to him. And you can, however long it takes, but... You know, it's hard at first, and then it starts getting less hard. And then before you know it, you're feeling literally like a new creature. Yes. You're not so tempted by the things that used to be crazy temptations, you know? All of a sudden, it's like, eh, I'm good. I don't need to use a vibrator when I'm trying to, you know, build myself up. So I'm best version of a partner. Yes. for the man that God has for me. Amen. Because if you're sitting there masturbating and in spirits of lust, odds are you're going to attract a man who's doing the same thing in spirits of lust. So yes. the sooner you clean your heart and you start getting your, you know, following your righteousness as opposed to your, your fleshy carnal, um, the sooner your just life is going to just... It's freedom. It's freedom. It's freedom. Thank you so much, Madison, for plugging us into this beautiful flow, this conversation. And I pray that, you know, so many women are touched by your experience, you know, you breaking mentally free from pornography, from someone who has been addicted for years. That is a triumph. That is a victory. And I just want you to know how proud I am and how proud I know that my listeners are of you. Is there a scripture that you want to leave? You want to leave anyone with something that could be medicine for their mind, something that you've kind of clenched onto on your journey of learning to take back control of your mind, having that yeah. queen mindset, queen mentality. Well, I was actually just reading it today. Glory to um, God, Amen. It is. It's uh. Proverbs seventeen twenty two, mm-hmm. a merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. Oof. You know, and I, I, I also really love Proverbs sixteen, the entire chapter. Yeah, understanding is a wellspring of life unto him that hath it, but the instruction of fools is folly. So be mindful of that, all these people, all these false prophets that are, you know, biohackers, neuroscientists, people who are, like, void of, they're full of science and intellect, but the spiritual aspect is just completely not there. There's no wisdom. wisdom. There's no wisdom. Wisdom. And so it's, like, just also be on the lookout for that. But I, I love Proverbs 16. So many. I mean... There's so many, but those are the ones so, that... So, so good. 
Yes, my loves, definitely tap into Proverbs. It's one of my favorite books in the Bible. Madison, thank you so much for tapping into the feminine frequency. I genuinely appreciate your sisterhood, your wisdom, and just being real. You are a real model, and I'm just so grateful for you. Well, I love you. I appreciate you, and I'm so proud of you for thank you. You know, putting out work that's glorifying God in a world that is, you know, it can feel like we're drowning, but we're not. We're good. It's, it's beautiful to see and inspiring. So I, I love you. Thank you, my love. All right, y'all. Have a beautiful day. Thank you so much for tapping into this episode of The Feminine Frequency. If you want to keep up with Madison's journey, go to I'm Madison Riley on Instagram and YouTube. That is I-M-M-A-D-I-S-O-N-R-I-L-E-Y. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And if you enjoy the podcast, give us a five-star rating. I'll see you all in the next episode.